Welcome to episode 150 of the Black and Fashion Podcast. We are back with season five and our five-year anniversary. We have now been running this podcast for five years, so it's a celebration, y'all. And of course, everything looks different, and I hope that you guys recognize that. Um, We are going for a more elevated experience with the Black and Fashion Podcast. We have some amazing guests this season and a very much so elevated experience. So to start... One thing is we have a new sponsor, and that is Michael Lavelle Wine, and we actually have Terrence here. He's one of the co-owners of Michael Lavelle Wine, and of course, we of course have the Michael Lavelle Wine on deck, and this is the Cheyenne Blanc. Am I saying that right? Cheyenne Blanc. Cheyenne Blanc. Blanc. Okay, Blanc. I need to yes. get my, what's it called? What's when you're a wine expert? Sommelier. A sommelier. Mm-hmm. A sommelier. But you are, you actually, you're an expert in your house. Right. That's True. how I go, yeah. You know, you know, you are smart expert in, in your, your house. house. I love that. Yeah. So we're going to talk a little bit about just black owned businesses as a whole, small business ownership, and of course, how the luxury wine industry and black luxury wine industry correlates to the black fashion industry. So we're going to start off by just getting to know Terrence just a tad bit, where he's from, a little bit about his background, and he's going to school us a little bit on the black fashion, the black luxury wine industry. So Terrence, where are you from? Where'd you go to school at, and how did you get started in the wine business? Absolutely. First, I want to say thank you for having me here, Lenise. I'm incredibly honored to be here, and for it to be episode 150. That's super exciting, right? Uh, You are a hustler's hustler, so I appreciate (laughs) this. Um, I am originally from Chicago. Born on the west side, but raised on the south side of Chicago. Uh, Went to school at Ray Elementary in High Park. Went to De La Salle on 35th in Michigan. And then ultimately went to the greatest college on earth, which is Howard University. Okay. Right. Uh, and there, <laughs> I was going to say something I, smart right there. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I ain't no hater. Wish I went there. <laughs> I'm like, uh, honorary Howard Bison. Yeah, yeah. And we, listen, and it's many of y'all. You understand? Yeah, we embrace, we, we embrace y'all. There's some people I see at every homecoming didn't go there. And that's okay. Right. That's okay. <laughs> we love that. Um, and uh, yeah, went to Howard University, which is. Uh, you know, obviously in the heart of Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. and that's where I met um, my partners, and we formed Michael Lavelle, where we, you know, formed Michael Lavelle. Okay, so you started, it started back in college? Started back in college. Okay. Um, the, I was to say it was groomed and developed back in college. Okay. I've always had a curiosity for wine. Wine has always been in my household. Okay. Uh, my grandmother loved wine, used to make her own wine, and uh, as a, you know, child, we had the opportunity to participate in the mashing of grapes, right? Oh, nice. would make for her and her girlfriends, and that kind of served an inception, right, as I got older, um, having been able to recognize wine, appreciate wine, and then finding a group of guys who also had this same curiosity about it, right, when you travel the world, you see how wine is appreciated and accepted in other cultures, and you're going to Michelin star restaurants, or you're going to these celebrated places, and you are able to appreciate how they have curated their menus, right? How they paired it with certain meals, and then you kind of come back to where you're from, and like, oh, I recognize that grape, right? I understand that this pairs well with seafood, and uh, we created a community around that, a brotherhood around that. that. Uh, me and my girls, I definitely say we had, that's a thing. And I, and I love the fact that how <laughs> drinks and fashion completely correlate together. Oh, well, it, it's not, it's <laughs> not hard. Especially yeah. wine. Yeah, it ain't hard to get closer. Especially to wine because that is like a thing. Like, we like, oh, we're going to go wine tasting. Yeah. Wear your best outfit. Yeah. What would you going to We're going to take pictures. We're going we gonna to clack our glasses together. Uh-huh. Make sure your outfit is in your glass mm-hmm. and all of that. So that's like a really big thing. And I like 
going to like wineries in like Long Island. I didn't, I wouldn't say I had an appreciation for it in Chicago, but since New York is like such that big old melting pot, I've, I've gotten more of an appreciation for wine. And now I was like, I almost don't go to sleep without it. Like I do have a glass <laughs> of wine every night. I, and I, and somebody told me yesterday, like, you like to have your wine. I was just like, I do. Yeah. I don't know yeah. what you insinuate. Uh, like, you you like your wine, you, you huh? Yeah, I do. Business. Yeah, actually I do like it. Yeah. It, it. It calms me and it puts me to sleep sometimes. Yeah. So I enjoy that. As so, um, I want to talk a little bit about this 1% of, um, basically being like not that many black owned wines. Um, so what is that like? Like, is getting into the industry or like trying to navigate through it as being a very low percentage of Black-owned companies? Is it hard? Has it been challenging? Have you faced a lot of obstacles and challenges throughout the journey? Mm -hmm. uh, do we have enough time? Right. I'm not sure how long that episode is <laughs> go for me to dive <laughs> dive into all of what is required to be a wine label, and then you add the minority, right, being Black or Brown, on top of that, a wine company. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'll take a step back. When we created Michael Lavelle, um, we were, uh, in time, announced to be the youngest black-owned wine label in the world. Amazing. All right. When we started that, that, that wasn't an accolade or a title that we were pursuing or seeking or that we had any knowledge of, that it could be attained. Okay. As the business continues to mature and we are getting placements on um, you know, Michelin star restaurants and celebrated establishments across the world, um, nation rather, what was soon discovered is that it's not that we were the first to do it, right? It is that we were able to navigate the barriers successfully to be featured on those menus. It's not that there weren't, you know, wine companies who didn't make great wine before us, but there's so many steps and traps and um, so much policing, regulation, red tape, all mm. these things from making the wine to making it a great product to having a representation for it to be distributed to ending up on the shelves or as an option for people to drink. And that is where, as a black entrepreneur in this wine space, we have, um, we've, we have not been afforded the opportunity to have the proper representation. Mm. So when I think about the one percent, it's a it's a it's a it's a twisted number. It's not that we don't exist. It's that we don't have the proper representation for you to discover more wine in Chicago, right? Mm. For you to discover more wine in the areas that you are. You're kind of forced to deal with the options that are available to you, and until you start doing more research and saying, "Hey, man, okay, um, I like the way this wine tastes," or you frequent a restaurant, you see all these great Chenin Blancs, mm -hmm. all right, and you go home and you start doing your research around the story around why this winemaker made their wine, and then you get curious, like, wow, are there any other winemakers that look like me in this space? And then you'll start to understand that they do exist. They are just not readily available for you to consume because of laws that prevent it. Mm. Would you say that it's a a little angle say easier? But do you say would you say that it is? Yeah, I'm gonna say easier when you have partners because a lot of times when people go into certain businesses, they go in by themselves. Mm -hmm. And how you have a partnership because 
uh, you know, statistics show a lot of partnerships in business, they mm. fail um, first before actual, like, people who do things by themselves. Mm. And how have you been able to work in this small business setting having to consider, you know, multiple owners? Yeah. Is that is that a good thing because it's like everybody kind of like does their part or can it be challenging because it's just like everybody's opinion matters? So partnerships are, can be a little bit challenging, but they are worthwhile. I think anything worth having uh, can be challenging, but you have to have a couple key things, which is communication and assignment of role and duty and be able to reflect back on, hey, I know a year ago we said these were your responsibilities. Do they still align, right? Are mm -hmm. we still moving towards the same goal, or would you be better suited someplace else? In this business in particular, partnerships are an absolute necessity because mm -hmm. there's so many moving pieces that propel a business forward, uh, from marketing to compliance to legal to operations to logistics to distribution. So many different stakeholders that help propel the business forward mm -hmm. that it is almost essential that you have someone who has your back and you both believe in the goal, right? The bigger picture, right? For us, it is to be a, a premium award-winning wine company, uh, lifestyle company, rather, that also happens to make really damn good wine <laughs> and is accepted and appreciated by all. And the fact that we are Black-owned happens to just be uh, an additional fact, like that. right? You, but we are appreciated for our craftsmanship and our unique approach to winemaking and perspective, right? Because mm -hmm. it also reflects our cultural identity, right? It reflects our creative expression. And it's such a big mission that it's not one woman or one man's job. I hear that, you can't do it alone. <laughs> I, I know that battle. <laughs> yeah. So as a lifestyle brand, what uh, other like products or services, like what makes, what makes Michael Lavelle a lifestyle brand? So, Michael Vavelle is a lifestyle brand because in time we will begin to take a step back. It's a lifestyle brand because we know that you enjoy wine in multiple aspects of your life. Mm -hmm. You come home, you know, snap your, I'm actually mimicking my wife. You come home, you know, snap your bra, you reach in the refrigerator, you pour a glass of that wine. Is exactly the, that is exactly the chain. Right? <laughs> Right? The chain of events, absolutely. And, 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 but then there's also those special moments where we talked about the celebration, mm -hmm. right? Where you just got a promotion at work, right? You, you just got, uh, you know, made a, you know, closed a business deal or absolutely. just got married or had a, whatever the or case Or just pairs really good with my meal. Or just simply <laughs> pairs really good with your meal. That's a part of life. Mm -hmm. So we always want you to um, understand that it doesn't just have to be a big celebration, for you to enjoy wine. That is just a part of the fabric of everyday life. Now, when you when we take it a step further, you know, Michael Lavelle will begin to enter different spaces, industries, um, where it becomes an ecosystem. Love that. Right? Um, so you enjoy wine, um, you care about the aesthetic, right? So it obviously means you care about the design, which might mean that you care about um, your cookware, designing your cookware, or uh, the furniture in your home, or the art on your walls, right? It's clear that you have an appreciation for good design. And so we can start to speak to that side of you as well, yeah. and creating that, that ecosystem. Definitely good design. 
And I like the use of the color tone. I like the simplicity of the packaging. Like the shout branding. out to Aaron Code, right? <laughs> shout out to Aaron Code, our head of design, uh, my partner at, mm -hmm. at Howard University. He actually used to live in New York, Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. um, one of the reasons I'm out here, I went to Parsons School of Design nice. and made that beautiful image. Yeah. See, and I'm an artist, so I appreciate this, but I, I am a professor at FIT. Parsons is the enemy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> They're not the enemy. My bad, AC. <laughs> but that's what I mean by partnership, too, though, right? right? Like, yeah. there are, you know, people who are incredibly talented, and if you all can have a mind meld, and not just have a mind meld, but execute and push an idea forward, you can create great things. Mm -hmm. um, I can't create that. Right. But I can see the vision for it and I can execute the vision for it, right? Mm -hmm. And that is where I think a good partnership, right? I have the business acumen to make this a thing that is alive and well and producing. And that's where the partnership comes together. Love that. So speaking of partnership, you recently have had a partnership and a collaboration with Hanifa. Um, we love Hanifa. <laughs> She's one of our favorite black owned luxury fashion brands. Um, and I believe she is a DMV native as well. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, tell, talk, tell us a little bit about how that collaboration went. I know she just released an amazing bridal line. If you have not seen it, you yeah. need to go and take a look at it. Yeah. It's flooded in my email and I'm just like, oh. I'm single, but now I want to get married just because I want to wear one of these dresses. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about that partnership with Hanifa. So it's a it's a uh, it's a layered conversation. So mm -hmm. I'll start with the most easiest thing. Okay. I love seeing my wife in Hanifa. Okay. Right. I love the pieces that she makes. I love uh, how they drape her. That blue and green mesh dress. Come on, with talk about it. Oh, uh, I seen Tiffany. Talk, talk about it. Right? <laughs> oh, I saw it. I All was right. jealous. Saw, like, I was there. They ain't having it in my size. <laughs> hey, and I was there. You know. Uh, <laughs> so. Let's start with, with, with that's the, 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 the genesis of it. Mm -hmm. One, who is this brand? Why do you love it so much? Mm -hmm. Then I, as an entrepreneur, I'm becoming more conscious and when I'm in spaces on platforms like this to make sure I elevate uh, women, uh, women identifying entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. uh, because I think that the word entrepreneur typically gets associated with men. Generating money and wealth typically gets associated with men. We get the, oh, you are? Right, yeah, it's a it's a it's a default <laughs> it's a default thinking, right? And it's also something that um, I'm actively working to make sure I say I admire Hanifa, mm -hmm. right? Like I admire you. There are women who are successful in spaces that I, I don't have to be in, but I can admire your work ethic, and I learn something from you that I practice in my everyday thing. So that's mm -hmm. step two. Three, she has an incredible brand, and when I think about um, fashion and wine they're parallels it's an expression of creativity mm -hmm. for one her as a designer us as winemakers right we are taking our own personal experiences and putting into our work to create a create a product mm -hmm. right um there is the subjectivity of it everybody doesn't like this type of wine everybody doesn't like that type of dress right True. um so you can when we have certain conversations we can relate. We can talk about the novelty of collecting pieces. She makes limited pieces. She does. Right? That does. also increases the value. Wine in itself is finite. You can only produce so much wine before it is gone. That is why you have sellers. That's why you have people who, are, you know, who will save wine from decades yeah. ago, Let you it, know, yeah. centuries ago. It's the same way it goes with anything that is well crafted. Fourthly, the audience is women. Of course. <laughs> I'm still a businessman. I'm still a businessman. All those good things before at the at the at the end of the day, her audience is affluent, um, 
affluent, expressive, um, individual-minded, uh, su superior individual-minded women who want quality, appreciate quality, and deserve it. Mm -hmm. And there's a cross there. Mm -hmm. So if you can afford Hanifa, not even just afford it, but if you can appreciate her vision, then you can also appreciate the craftsmanship of this wine and the people that she partners with. Mm -hmm. So I, again, when I look at that partnership, and, uh, and I always give her the praise for that, I'm very honest with her about why I did it, mm -hmm. right? Because I know that you have a good eye for taste, mm -hmm. and you would not introduce you know, a brand or partner with a brand that you did not believe in. So it's almost like a badge of honor as well. Gotcha. See, I love that. And just to let you read a little secret. Now, I don't even know if it's a secret, but you might not know. So the garment industry, not even industry, the garment district mm -hmm. in NYC or whatever, when I tell you every block is just loaded up with factories, fabrics, and stuff like that, but it's also the one thing that's loaded up on those blocks, and we're talking about literally from about 35th all the way down to about 40th, mm -hmm. in between, let's say, 6th and 8th, yeah. bars. Really? All these bars have happy hour because everybody who works in the Tell fashion me more. industry needs a glass of wine. Tell me more. After Stress work. work. Tell me more. <laughs> after work. Yeah. And, and on lunch. Okay. So uh, the thing on lunch is definitely Frosé or Rosé or okay. something like that. And then there's always some type of happy hour in the lunch block. So I, I'm one of them. Like when I, I mean, granted, I'm in my studio now, but when I work there and I'm often there, like running errands and stuff like mm -hmm. that, I'm stopping at the at the, at the bar yeah. and I'm having a glass of wine yeah. in the middle of the day. Okay. And then I'm going back at the end of the day. Okay. And you meeting with clients or even but that's like a it's like a thing because everybody in the garment and the fashion industry are drinkers and mostly wine because like they like okay I still got shit to do tonight so I ain't gonna go crazy they ain't gonna go for the vodkas and the and like the what's those called like the more of the spirits and mm -hmm. whatever they're going for the wine because it's going to give them exactly what they need and then mm -hmm. they can end up going back to work because it is very stressful but yes that area right there is perfect and there's like five bars on every block okay everyone sounds like we need to do a partnership <laughs> i need to find the community leaders of the garment district yeah we'll we have we bars. have meetings <laughs> okay look look look, look. we have meetings and we have michael lavelle and we need to make yes. that happen yeah. and put them right in and then there's a bar called stitch which okay. is like very very popular yeah. hence the name and there's another one called hounds too thank you for which that. is like a um like a fabrication pattern thing uh, or whatever okay. but those are the wine spots. I know, I know hounds too. Yeah. I, I got to oh, yeah. this house. You got to this house too. Me. I know <laughs> what's going on. Uh, but we could talk about that. Uh, yeah, when, that when is. The mics a... are not hot because I <laughs> sounds like someplace we need to be. Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, where do you see yourself in the next five years? That's a great question. Yeah. Um, and this is a question I probably ask myself every morning. Yeah, where do you uh, see yourself in the next five years? And what are your long-term goals for Michael Lavelle? Like, if you could have it anywhere mm -hmm. in the world, where you want it? Okay, okay. So this is, this is twofold. Mm -hmm. I think of myself as an entrepreneur as an entrepreneur. And that I can see the, uh, the opportunities and resources that other entrepreneurs need to excel. And so five years from now, I would like to be in a capacity where I'm teaching. Uh, other entrepreneurs. Okay. I am providing resources for wellness, not just the acquisition of funds, but there's a, a, a psychology and other side of that that I don't think is really addressed, okay. especially to our community. Like okay. We tend to um, put earning of money as a band-aid 
over certain things in our life, right? Entrepreneurs is a band-aid for certain things in our life. Okay. And I want to be, rather will be, recognized as someone who sees that and is providing resources to millions of people who need that, to be spoken to in that way, right? Mm-hmm. Who need outlets, who need tools, um, whether that's a form of of therapy, whether it's a form of organization or optimization, right? Am I getting to where I need to go? Um, do I have the tools to do that? And it's someone who is recognized as providing that for folks. Gotcha. Um, as far as Michael Lavelle, it is my goal that Michael Lavelle continues to ascend um, within the world of wine, um, but also becomes a household name that is appreciated for how we, you know, what we're doing, the strides we're making. Um, and is appreciated not just in the U.S., but globally as well. And we're there, right? Mm-hmm. We, we, we've got right, seven or eight more moves okay. right, before we get there and we stay there. Okay. Because it's not about um, going too fast, right? It is about doing it on our time and building a legacy. And that, you know, the same way, you know, your father or mother used to drink Hennessy, you like, <laughs> This has been here for years. Like, I never heard of it. My mama used to drink country quencher. You see what I mean? I've never even <laughs> Bo- heard of that. That's Bones but, Farm. See? You see what I'm saying? But, but. It's a wine cooler. <laughs> I, ex- I've never heard, but she's still, she's probably still drinking it. You know, you know what I mean? And that's, that is kind of the, uh, not even kind of what we desire. That mm-hmm. it's not that you heard about us and it was a flash. We celebrate every win, right? This is year three of our business, going on year four, and it is a grind, it is a hustle, and so. Five years from now, we will be distributed globally. We will be uh, in a partnership with a larger conglomerate that understands and appreciates the value of Michael Lavelle, right? Where we are able to not just make California-style wines, but we have made wines, champagne from the Champagne region. We have sourced wine from Australia, you know, Argentina, because I love a deep red, right? So can I get a melt back mm-hmm. from Chile, right? I, we will have crossed the ocean, if you will, and all things from the wine that we make to where you can discover us on menus. Uh, and we will be a multi, multi-million dollar business. I love that. So I am a seafood girl. Okay. What is your recommendation for, I'm going to just say it all, because some nights I have lobster, sometimes I got salmon, sometimes mm-hmm. I got a brazino, I got a brazino waiting for me. Mm-hmm. Well, I ain't gonna cook it to tomorrow, but mm-hmm. it's marinating right now. Mm-hmm. What is the best one to you know, to pair with seafood? So, you want something that's gonna balance the acidity of your seafood, right? Mm-hmm. And you like jerk? Jerk? Yeah. Oh yeah. You jerk everything, huh? You from the I'm, I'm about jerk. to jerk that brazino. Yeah. See, <laughs> we jerk. We jerk every jerk. That brazino's getting jerked for sure. Yeah, saying, jerk. You know, we jerk everything at home. Um, you want something to balance the acidity and to pair well with it. Rosé would be absolutely amazing, as well as a Chenin Blanc. Any, anything okay. in a white space, okay. a lighter wine would do extremely well. With the seafood. With your seafood, right? Because it's citrus notes in seafood. Think of it as a balancing act. Okay. Right? You want things to be enhanced, not overshadowed or overpowered. And so um, you would want the delicateness of that white or, or rosé wine to still pair well with the spice of your jerk. Oh, right. okay. Okay. You don't want it to overpower. And, and then you think about... Um, what about my jerk of lamb chop? 
So lamb is interesting, right? <laughs> because, you know, it's a heavier meat, but it still applies okay. right? in that same space, right? But if you jerk a lamb chop, depending on how you cook it, like if it's roasted, mm-hmm. then I would go a red. Okay. Right? You fry, you get what I mean? Like if yeah. the, t- the, 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 the more charred it is, right? I would then go a red wine, think steak, think any type of beef. Uh, you want to enhance that experience as well. So go lean towards a red in that area. Okay. All right. I need to stop by the store. <laughs> I ain't have a chance to get that today, but I'm going to have to go ahead and run by the store. I might get me a red. Okay. Good to know. All right. So as you move into this space and like you, you know, establish like more partnerships and stuff like mm-hmm. that, we also see a lot more like people in like the celebrity space that okay. are now tapping there into. There you go. It's my favorite question. I want you want to do. They're tapping into this space as well. What are your thoughts on mm. the mm. celebrities and the people in the entertainment industry that tap into this space? All right. Here we, here we go. <laughs> here we go. I have some... When it comes to celebrities in anything, but in particular, wine, right? Um, I, on the surface, just have really one one question do you have an appreciation for the practice of winemaking and all that goes into it because you care or is this an opportunistic thing for you because PR are driven pr driven right mm-hmm. optic driven quick money grab mm-hmm. because there are hard-working people in this space um, who deserve you know real business and then there are consumers who deserve quality products. And sometimes when you have a certain celebrity, uh, can we cuss on here? Yeah. Bullshit sales. <laughs> like right? It. No, it does. It, it yeah. does. Yeah. Right? It, it, it does. And there are brands who spend years crafting what it actually means to be luxury. There's so much integrity and practice that goes into that bottle that gets ignored. Right? Mm-hmm. Gets pushed in the back of the shelves because they don't have celebrity are tied to it now it's the same way in fashion exactly it's the exact same way in fashion and then i think that word luxury is starting around a lot just because a celebrity's name is is attached to it does that make it luxury you know i've had i've had some celebrity stuff and i'm like oh this is that this is bullshit same way same and then even in the apparel industry too like somebody comes out with a line i'm just like yeah yeah no so yeah, don't even get me started. That so, so there <laughs> are <laughs> there are brands, you know, that I can think of now that I I look at it from a different lens, right? You mm-hmm. might see a celebrity and say, "Hey, I'm going to buy it." I take a step back and say, "Who are they working with? Where are these grapes coming from?" Right? Let me let me do a little nice. deep dive here. And the brands that I actually like, right? Like I, I love that Issa Rae is involved in this. You mm-hmm. know, when Insecure used to, uh, was on, they used to have the wine downs, and I know that she has appreciation mm-hmm. for wine, and I know she would not put her name on something. That was not quality, and I had the wine. It was absolutely amazing. Yeah, I had it last night. Someone that, you know, <laughs> from afar, too. You, you mm-hmm. might look and say, all right, there's, there's Mary J. What does Mary J know about wine? A lot, mm-hmm. actually. The product is actually incredible. Have you had uh, Deborah Cox yet? I have had that. And see, I, that I was, had that one That was yet. literally the next name. Deborah Cox has been in the wine space for at least, I want to say, 15 years. Really? It's a personal passion of hers, right? And I uh, got the opportunity to taste her wine at Happy Court. Shout out Happy Court. Shout uh, out Happy Sunshine. Court. <laughs> right, um, uh, conduit and lighthouse for all things black owned in the wine space uh, and the cannabis space as well. Mm-hmm. But had an opportunity to meet Deborah Cox and taste her wine and 
Um, listen to her story because all of that matters. Mm -hmm. And she has a genuine, genuine, all three of them have a genuine um, belief and, and, and practices when it comes to wine and wanting to see the world drink quality wine and identify yeah. with it. Um, so if that ain't what you're doing, I can't support it. Um, and I don't shop no other store but Happy Cork. See, I am like, and I and I posted about it earlier that buying black is a is a lifestyle, yeah. and you have to be intentional about it from what you wear to what you drink. See, like literally to what you eat to where you go where you support. That's me, and I and they always say that's like niche. You black as hell. I got yeah. one friend that's always like you black as hell because I come somewhere. I'm somewhere. I'm like, is that? Black on, and yeah. then, and I'm talking about outfits. I'm like, yeah. and they're like, no, shit, I knew he's gonna get me, so at least I wore my back. My back is black on, because you know I'm gonna come after your ass. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. <laughs> and I'm like that, and I'm yes. like that, especially with my friends. I'm just like, is it black? Is that? Yeah. Oh, okay. What are we going to eat? Is it black on? Yeah. Oh, okay. No, we're not going there then. We're going to go somewhere that's black on. Yes. So that's yeah. just like a thing for me. And the same way with literally everything I put on my body from my moisturizers to like what I use for my facial products, like everything that I use mm -hmm. is black on. And yeah. I keep it like that. I even found a black on tissue paper company, like toilet I, paper. I love that. Like I'm like, <laughs> like, I'm very intentional with all of those things. Like, and I think that as a people, mm -hmm. Um, that is the way to keep that black dollar circulating is uh -huh. by being more intentional. I put up a post recently. I said, how much of things on your house are black owned? And I said that I'm at a good 80%. Yeah. And then people were writing in the comments, stuff like that. And they were 30, 40 and stuff like that. It's like, but I'm trying to get better. I'm trying to get better. But I saw that in some people trying to get there, you yeah. know, but sometimes people just don't know. Uh, where to get stuff from, yeah. you know, yeah. but I'm an advocate for like, well, you can go here for this, this for his, over here for this, you get this here. Happy Cork, I am literally, they need to hire me as a brand ambassador. Should, uh, because the way I be, but they, they promote my business in there too. They got all my cars See? and they're really dope. See? But I be on them. I, like, every time I'm like, you in a happy Cork? You been a happy Cork? You been a happy bus? Yeah. Oh, you ain't been there? Okay, you need to go there. Okay. And I'm going to drill it into your head until you go there. Like, it took me to get my neighbor to go there. I think I told her seven times. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. it's not that far from yeah, my house. Like, yeah. seven times before yeah. they actually went. But, it's just being intentional. Like and, like, and, and honestly, I hold people accountable. I'm just like, you still going with yeah. it? Stay like what? that. Stay uh -huh. persistent because we, we only learn through repetition. Absolutely. And we need we need uh, guardians like yourself to to be persistent and patient. Yeah. Right? Um, I want to I finish a thought, though, because mm -hmm. you actually said something. It's actually uh, bringing together partnership and celebrity. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, we have always, you know, especially more frequently been approached by celebrities um, to partner with Michael Lavelle. And... I've always been a bit hesitant because I need to understand the genuine, you know, uh, nature. Do you actually know what business you're getting into or does right. it seem sexy or attractive? Because I don't need your money. So there has to be something else about this partnership that makes sense is going to help us propel forward, right? right. Um, and so if you see me with a celebrity, right, or you see me on I acknowledge their appreciation for wine, that's coming from a genuine place. Because I don't allow us or myself to be associated with anyone who does not have a genuine appreciation for the industry that. that we are in. Furthermore, just thinking about partnership, all money ain't good money. That's and it can be hard as a small entrepreneur, especially a black woman, where we're not getting the resources at the rate of some of our counterparts mm -hmm. to deny money from certain folks. And it, it, it takes a certain level of discipline to wait and resilience to wait for the right type of partnership to come along, right? Mm -hmm. Or make that smart business decision. And Speaking up to being black owned, there's so much power in being a black owned business. Mm -hmm. um, there's, I, I think it's such a personal thing for me 
black entrepreneurship, being black owned. Uh, my father is an entrepreneur, right? Uh, my grandfather was an entrepreneur, right? So it's in my DNA. I am influenced by entrepreneurs all the way around me. Uh, but we also wear uh, certain hardships that others can't necessarily see or identify with. Mm. Um, one of those things is being black owned, yeah. right? Some titles that are placed on us. When we create things, we're creating things to be enjoyed by everyone. Mm -hmm. There's certain stigmas that come with being a black-owned business as if you make this to only be consumed by black folk. Yeah. yeah. Well, why, why, no other company gives that has to give that disclaimer, right? No, we make this for everybody, yeah. but for, for whatever... That happened to me, too. Wiring in happens in the brain, yeah. Yeah, I did a seminar, and I was like, well, do you only cater to black people? I'm like... Why does that come to your mind? I don't have... I was like, why are you... I said, no, I can make clothes for anybody. Right. <laughs> like, it doesn't right. matter. But I was questioned by the people that was hosting the seminar. And I was just like, I got irritated really fast. I'm yeah. like, no, it's not. But, I mean, clearly those are my customers and a lot of my customers. But it's not just for them. I can, well, I'm a factory. Right. I make anything for anybody. Yeah. You know? it's, it's, it's the same. It's the same. I liken it to the same thing of why do HBCUs exist? Like, pay it, read the damn room. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, ask yourself that question. Why did why right. did they exist? Right? Why did why do they have to exist? Mm -hmm. Right? Because we didn't have we weren't given the opportunity to go to the same college as your grandparents or parents, right? So we had universities were created for us to attend so that we could have an Absolutely. you know an education. I, it, it's that same kind of let me take a breath here, right? Let me not lose my patience and explain it to you. But right. um back to black entrepreneurship and black business, it is a very powerful thing. Uh, and I want to continue to be, for the rest of my life, be an advocate of it, but also teaching us um, basic business. Mm -hmm. You know, when I talk about putting that bandage on, we, we go straight to, I, I got a business, right? Support it. I know it all too well. And, and right, you, you lift up, what, what's going on here, right? How do you mm -hmm. balance your books? What's, where's your P&L at? Do you pay your taxes? What's your customer service like? How do you respond to problems? Mm -hmm. Because problems are going to come up in business. Absolutely. You know, what is your protocol for that? And, and did someone even teach you how to navigate those things? And have a standing, standard operating procedure. Come on. What are your yeah. brand guidelines? Because mm -hmm. in the beginning, we're all just trying to survive, right? We're all just trying to make it work. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have someone who says, hey, it's okay to realign, be introspective, um, recalibrate, right? Um, you won't win like that. Right. Absolutely. Um, and discernment. That's my last thing. Uh, my grandmother always talks about discernment, um, the ability to know what is for you and what is not. Right? Mm -hmm. And if, you know, I'm a God-fearing man, I, I grow deeper into my faith every day, and I, and I tell my wife all the time that I want to do things through the lens of God, mm -hmm. right? Like from managing my money, from how I talk to her, from how I, you know, I show up in certain spaces. Right? Mm -hmm. is, is, that, is that God? Like not to be like overly religious, but in that there's a, I recognize humanity, and I empathize mm -hmm. with people. And um, I think that's something that every businessman or woman should have. I love that. So we have a segment that we do as we close out our show. And okay. it's called... No, don't tell me it's over. It's over? Oh, yeah. I'm having such a great... I'm just getting started. I feel like... Man, I feel like I just walked through the door. Like, why? Please don't tell me we stopped. Now, you okay? know I'll that come back. people's intention spans yeah, nah, it ain't that long. Yeah, so, you got... When it comes to podcasts, you got to uh, keep by everybody between that 30... Yeah. I know some people be watching a two-hour podcast. I don't no, know who do it. Do I think Joe Button has to yeah, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> but ours oh, is man. like 30, 40 Drink Tramp's episode is three hours. Yeah, that be, that's too long. <laughs> how do y'all... I'm surprised you two let y'all blow with this. This is crazy. Three hours is nuts. I don't know how YouTube does that. You, yeah. But you just to get a 45-minute video up on YouTube... 
take about three hours. I couldn't imagine putting no three hour one up there. And I got a real, my computer brand new. And I'd be on, on good Wi-Fi and it still take a long time. So I don't know. But uh, the segment is called It's Amuse. So I want you to share something with a, uh, and it could be, it could be a prayer. It could be a mantra. It could be an affirmation. It could be a ritual, something that continues to inspire you and keeps you going that you'd like to share with another creative and a person that's pursuing entrepreneurship. Okay. Uh, two things come to mind, right? Um, one, I have a very close relationship with my grandmother and she always, and whenever I call her with something, um, she always tells me to quote Proverbs 3, 5 through 7, I believe, right? And it's basically in all thy ways, acknowledge him, right? Um, right? So no matter what's going on, you're right, you stressed, you 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 pissed off, somebody did you dirty. In all thy ways, acknowledge him. Before you react, take some time, and your next action should be that that is godly, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it just calms me, right? It, it, it calms me because uh, no matter who you are, we all have ego. Right. We all want to retaliate to certain things. Um, and I would ask entrepreneurs to think about how they would want to be treated in that space. Mm. Right? No matter if you are in a position of power and entrepreneurship is going to mean different things to different people. I'm talking about the people who understand the cloth that I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, the second thing would be um, the ability to pivot and the understanding of impermanence. I just came back from a trip from Bali um, and there was someone who was spending hours basically uh drawing in sand mm-hmm. um beautiful designs with just different colors it was red blue like literally painting portraits mm-hmm. right and what the uh, the tourist was telling me was that they will spend hours days weeks crafting this only to wipe it away because they practice the discipline of impermanence that nothing in life is permanent and to appreciate it mm-hmm. while it is there and as a businessman or woman, you need to understand that change is going to happen. Right. Right. Be prepared to pivot. Right. Um, and appreciate the journey of entrepreneurship. Don't get so caught up on where you're going. Appreciate, and that's that's a that's a mantra for life as well. Though right. appreciate what is happening right in front of you, and not don't be too fixed on what lies ahead. I love that. That just shook it in me because I'm just like. <laughs> Do I need to pivot? <laughs> it's okay. And it's, and, it's, and it's okay, right? Like, starting from zero is all right. It's such a daunting task for people sometimes, but it's, mm-hmm. it's okay to reset. Yeah, it's okay to start over. It's, it's okay all right to, to start over. Yeah. Yes. That's one thing I do make my, everybody's in my mentorship program, I make them write a pivot strategy. It's okay. So it's like, it's part of it. They're like, what that mean? I mean, that mean if shit go bad. Yeah. <laughs> you gonna go over here. And cause shit hits the fan. We don't like to talk. We always think shit's gonna go well. That's not true, right? right. Shit is going to hit the fan. Yeah. And I am, I know we're supposed to cut the camera off, but I'm, I'm gonna get this off. <laughs> I am such a fan of people who have not struggled, but can tell you a real life experience. Oh, yeah. Not some shit they picked up in a book. Not some, you know, they, they saw it, but like, I went through that. Mm-hmm. And this is how I overcome it, That's overcame it rather. I'm such a fan. Like, I'm always listening to Oh, that's me. I tell people. I started, and when I was in my prime, which is like 2020, I had 12 employees. 2021, I had to cut the deck. See? And it's hard. (laughs) And then in 2022, I had to cut the deck again. And I'm just like, and I also realized the people that I had and the team that I had wasn't for me. I had to fire everybody and start over. And that means it was me in that studio trying to handle 100-something plus clients by myself until I was ready to, like, really take my time and 
hire people. I kept some people on way too long. They shouldn't have been there. Listen. And it fucked up money. It fucked up payroll. Mm -hmm. It messed me up so bad. Mm -hmm. It had clients being mad. It had clients wanting to sue. Some of them, which did. Like, mm -hmm. a lot of crazy shit mm -hmm. because of me not making the right decision. So, mm -hmm. oh, I know all about being like, oh, no, I had to definitely pivot, change some things around. Spend some nights crying and be like, you know what? You you gotta make some decisions. But you're like, better you better know? for it. But you're better for it. You're a better businesswoman for it. You had to learn. You had to go through it. Right. right? People don't know sacrifice until you haven't paid yourself for three years, but you're paying other people. Oh yeah. Right. But they don't they don't see that. Everything looks everything looks amazing. But like mm -hmm. no, on on the back end, being a real leader and boss is making sure that everybody else has what they need, and you haven't seen the sin. You doing extra shit. So that your life doesn't change it has nothing to do with that, Absolutely. right? But you have to go through those things to be a better business person. To avoid that, unless you're one of those people who can take heed to other people's experience. I'm not one. I was a kid. You told me it was hot. I still went and touched it. Right? So <laughs> I, 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 I understand how I learned things, mm -hmm. right? Um, but I'm also, I don't make a habit of repeating the same mistakes either. That's, that's so, right. uh, that's to, a fact. To, to entrepreneurship. That's a right? fact. Exactly. So make sure you guys go out and get you some Michael Lavelle wine. Make sure you shop at Happy Cork. We will have all of their information in the show notes. But if you just want to throw out that social media handle for the people that's just listening. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Sip Michael Lavelle uh, is on Instagram. SipMichaelLavelle.com is where you can find us and you can purchase your wine. We also have candles and art for sale as well. If you're looking yes. to build your art collection or you just want your home to smell good or basically just want some damn good wine. Right. Michael Lavelle is available right. most likely at a store or restaurant near you. Right, and in the next episode, I'm going to have a candle burning. <laughs> All right, as I like to say, y'all, stay black. Peace out.